check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. Delighted to be joined in studio now by Eddie Halligan, who's just completed his Master's in Sports and Exercise Psychology. Um, Eddie, thanks a million for coming in and talking to us on the McAvoy Super Value We Are Calvin podcast. You're welcome, Damien. Um, I suppose, just looking at the, the psychology point of view, there, there are a huge number of things that are going on in, in, in sports psychology, and it's, it's a growing area that mm. people seem to be more open to and, and definitely more willing to, to get involved in team management. Yeah, there is, Damien. I suppose um, if you look across the board, maybe at top level inter-county teams, um, like the likes of maybe top maybe 16 teams in the country enlist the service of a sports psychologist, um, there's still a lack of um, education around the area with mo- among most managers, coaches, and there's still a bit of sort of resistance towards it. Like, you know, I think it's just a quick fix. And um, I don't think people fully understand the, the benefits that is is associated with using sports psychology for performance. So, like, if you look at, say, performance broken into four key areas, so it's tactical, technical, physical, and psychological. So, in GEA, you could argue that maybe physical, through strength and conditioning, and, say, tactical, all these systems, your blanket defences, 30 men behind the ball, they are really heavily focused on, and there's very little time devoted to, say, Technical, you know, which argued maybe that the skill set of some of the teams, particularly at inter-county level, wouldn't be at high mm-hmm. at high level really. If you cast aside maybe Dublin, Kerry, and likes them teams, um, and definitely there's not enough emphasis placed on 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 psychology simply because there's no. I think there's a lack of knowledge and a lack of education on it because the, so, the, the benefits associated with it is, is, is huge, massive. The, uh, growing up, I remember my father used to always say when he was coaching all the, all of the teams, the teams I was on, was that 98% <coughs> of football is played in the brain. And Absolutely. The legs are only doing what they're told. Absolutely. You same, know, same in golf, like, you know, it's, it's 90% mental. Same with golf, running, I think that, 90% mental, 10% physical. So it's, it's a bit of an imbalance that we yeah. concentrate so much time on Correct. The systems, the, the strength and conditioning, the, the physical fitness, and not on the mental part of it. Correct. Like I was saying to you earlier, Damien, like you just, like you're right, there's so much time devoted to strength and conditioning because there's a culture in the GEA that, well, if the likes of Dublin and Kerry and Mayo, Donegal are doing it, well, everybody has to do it. Do you know that kind of thing? So there needs to be, if you want to be strong and fast and powerful, you know, you have to dev- devote a lot of time to it. But if you want to become mentally resilient, you know, tough, able to think clearly under pressure, particularly in big game scenarios, you have to practice at it. There's no point in doing maybe one or two sessions throughout the year or maybe one or two sessions even before the big game because it's just it's something that needs to be developed and learnt over a certain period of time. How do you go about doing that? Well, I mean, there's, there's a number of key strategies. Like, you know, for example, like, you know, so playing out scenarios would be one. Like, you know, so if you're under pressure, an under pressure scenario in a game, and maybe that's developed maybe through experience. So you're helping, you're kind of re- revisiting that and kind of breaking down on what would you do different. So you develop a load of strategies like re- relaxation techniques, self-talk, um, different strategies to help maintain your focus, not dwelling on past mistakes. So, for example, like in that, like say free takers, you know, goalkeepers, full back line, they, to me, would be the three main areas that if they make one mistake, they're going to be tested psychologically because... 
behind the next ball, they're a bit unsure, there's a bit of self-doubt, you know what I mean? So there's different, there's different areas, there's different techniques that help improve that. Like, you know, if you make a mistake, you make a mistake, that's it. It's, it's natural, it's human, it's human error, you forget about it and you move on, do you know? So, um, but they need to be implemented, say, from January, February, along with your motivation, your desire and, and, and different things like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I suppose coaches nowadays have to spend so much time concentrating on so many different af- Correct. facets of, of the game that yeah. maybe the the idea of years ago I'd have always thought like that or, or, or even coached like that that you know you, you coach on look at it's behind you now next ball Correct. these sort of things like don't, don't worry about the past but yet it, it's, it's easier said than done and it's also to do with your team as well the culture that you develop you know what I mean like Say, like, you look at all the great teams, like, say, All Blacks, even close, close to the home in Gaelic football, um, Dublin, maybe Kerry, Tyrone and their pomp, um, back in the noughties. Like, they developed a winning mindset. They do whatever it took to win. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, and they bounce back from, up, from different setbacks. Um, to find ways that they, they just overcome obstacles. They just refuse to be beaten. And it's a great, even Manchester United, who I'd be a big fan of. Particularly under the Ferguson era, like you know, they never they just keep going until the ninety third, ninety fourth minute. And when you start, you know, getting the goal in that last minute or whatever, it just develops belief that this, you know, we can't be beaten here. Do you know what I mean? And if they fail, they kind of come back and say, um, "Well, okay, this is where we went wrong. This is where we're going to put it right." And then you know, the desire is still strong to to prove, say, their doubters wrong, like because people are quick to doubt. Yeah, God knows the yeah. <laughs> I suppose bringing it back to to the game uh, between Cavan and Tyrone, yeah. like both teams would have been preparing to win the last day with the draw. How mm. does that affect the the mental state of of the teams this coming weekend? Well, I think Damien, the fact is that they've got two weeks. I saw to kind of recover and to maybe. Um, to replay the match in more detail, do you know, I think I think that's a big, big help. It's a big factor as well. I think if the game had been played maybe in six, seven days' time, would it make a bit of a difference? I don't know, but I just think that um, from a Cavan perspective, I think the Med, even though there's times that have played very, very well, um, they made a lot of fundamental errors that that were converted by Throne. I think now I could be wrong. Feel free to correct me on this, but I think Throne kicked sixteen points and maybe six or seven points came from our mistakes. You know, they were just turned over. Um, and like you know, and I'm on with simple errors, like you know, like picking the ball off the floor, giving giving the ball, giving the pass into a player that's that was going to be surrounded, that's going to be easily turned over. Um, so different things like that that need to be revisited. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's gonna. Ha- I think Calvin definitely have more improvement in them. I think Tyrone probably would be kicking themselves a wee bit that they didn't put the game to bed when they had, particularly when when they look at the stats and say that Calvin were held scoreless. I don't know, was it 24 minutes in the second half or 22 minutes in the second half? They would be really annoyed with themselves. So they'd be kind of saying, look, we need to, didn't we need to kind of rectify that? But basically, back what I was just saying, like, you know what I mean? Um, we need to rectify this and, you know, ram the point home that we, you know, we want to win also the title this I year. S- and I suppose it's difficult to, to, to ask the question when, when you're not directly working with yeah. either teams. But we'll say, from a general point of view, <clears throat> Cavan going in as underdogs. Getting a draw in the end, or Tyrone going in as favourites and you know missing the opportunity to win yeah. it out is is one going to be an advantage? One scenario, as in, well, or I think it'll be a more advantage to Tyrone. I think because the fact is that they've been there before. Do you know what I mean? That they they, they know what it takes. Back to yeah, what I was saying earlier, they know what it takes to win. You know, what I mean, tight games. They, they know, um, they know how probably they probably learn a lot quicker than than probably say Cavan because Cavan are sort of like you know. They don't be playing 
teams of, of say, Tyrone's calibre. So I think with Kavanagh are just lacking a wee bit, and I hope to prove me wrong on Sunday, is that they're lacking a wee bit of cuteness, lacking just a wee bit of know-how, you know, in different game situations. That's why it kind of worries me a wee bit, the amount of easy mistakes that they make. You know, that's probably down to probably just a lack of belief in themselves, maybe a lack of, maybe when they know they're in a winning position, maybe that they can't just remain calm and see the game out. You know, but I just think Tyrone are probably in a better placed position than Cavan are. But not to say like I think Cavan will run them very close on Sunday again. Yeah, it's it's uh, if you were and uh, this is obviously hypothetical, but yeah. if you were in uh, a position of doing the the, <clears throat> the work with the Cavan team or currently working with the Cavan team, how mm. would you try to change that mentality or, or what can you what what could be done from a sports psychology point of view to to help prepare the lads for maybe the situations that can arise? Um, Jesus, good question. Um, I suppose, again, it goes back, Damien, I suppose. See, there's only certain certain amount you can do in a, in a short in a short space of time. You need to be with them, I'd say, probably the start of the season. And maybe, like I said, just possibly looking back at past game scenarios and maybe how do you react different. Like, you know, for example, the National 2 um, League final, you know, maybe was there game situations like that 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 the lads have sort of repeated again, you know, in the games in the game last Sunday week. Um, there's a number of players I think that top quality players that just probably didn't play their potential on the game. So you probably have a reward of them, you know, asking how they feel. You know, like Groach parent there was man marked, marked out of the game completely. So you need to get his thoughts, and his perspective. What, what can happen? What can happen in a situation where a player like Groach or like Shawnee that just didn't get into the game, you know? Psychologically, mm. that's that's bound to have been a dent on them. You know what 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 happens in those moments, or or how can how can they basically draw on that to well, to I mean, improve? I think I think it's um, it's down to their desire. Like I think you know, which I think is fairly strong. But sometimes when you're being man marked, I'm not saying this is the case with the, with the Calvin players. But sometimes when you're man marked, you're man marked heavily. You're, you're getting a lot of attention from other play, other players. You might retreat back into your she- into your shell a wee bit, and as a result, then you're kind of you're kind of gone out of the game. The game is bypassing you. So I think that they have to sort of maybe demand the ball a bit more. Um, you know, just you know, just let them know that you're going to bust the cut for 60, 70 minutes, and you know, this is the reason why you're being man marked because you're a good player. You're able to influence the game and. Just, I suppose, extracting that extra maybe five ten percent out of them. Do you know what I mean? And just make mm. them realise how good they are. Like Roger McCarron has been our best player, I think, this year. Um, you know, and like he was fairly quiet last Sunday week. But I, I'd be, I'd be expecting a big game about Roger now this Sunday. And I think that he sort of a point to prove to himself. So I think it's, it's all about maybe the warden of how you approach with Garouge and, and different players like that. Like. It's, it is possibly that in in the scenario where Garouge is going out on Sunday or the previous Sunday, where a man is coming up and doing a man-marking job, that if he can get into his head, well, that's a positive thing, yeah. that, well, look at all the attention I'm getting here, it's because I'm that good, so yeah, exactly. I need I need to use that and go again and show, listen, you're here for a reason, yeah. and it's because I'm that good. The, the, the man-marker surely is going out thinking this boy is that good I have to do a job on him so there's there's an advantage for Garoud in that situation or Shawnee or whoever that yeah, is some, being some, man marked but sometimes sometimes like you know again without even knowing but I, I'd say sometimes Garoud might even know that like you know what I mean like when you're the thing is is that when when a, when a defender sets out to man mark somebody and he's getting very little of the ball it's fueling their confidence 
Do you know what I mean? So she yeah. hasn't touched the ball. Like, I mean, I don't know what the stats would say about Groge. I don't know how many times she's Tur- touched the 13 ball. 13 possessions. 13. Yeah. Like, contrast that to... During the league, during the league. high 20s, you know what I'm even into so 30s. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, Groge McKenna's a brilliant player. Brilliant, brilliant player. There's no doubt about it. And, like I said, I hope he has a good game now on Sunday. But he needs to demand the ball more. And even, like, you know, just a bit more, a bit more cuter on how he handles, handles them. Like, you know what I mean? Just kind of... Just let him know, like, you know, your man marking me for a reason. You know, I'm yeah. going to show you what. Like, not kind of retreating your shell a wee bit. Like, I'm not saying he is, but, you know, he needs to come out of himself a bit more and just demand the ball. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. It is a very difficult thing to be to have a, a winning mentality without yeah. having won. You know, like yeah. I, I've I've read a, a book or two on stuff like this, and and the whole idea is that you're a winner before you ever pick up the cup. You have mm. to believe you're the winner. Yeah, but it's not an easy thing to put into players who haven't won at adult level before. But it's all down to the environment as well. I mean, like it's all about like you know the players you're playing with, you know the, your belief in your players, you know that your teammates, you know the management. Different mm-hmm. things like that. So like, it's key. That's where sports psychology would come in. Do you know what I mean? If you have a renowned sports psychologist in there with them that knows how to extract the best. Like, Groge McCarron, like every other player, has done all the strength and conditioning in the world. He knows the tactics. Knows everything. It's just getting that extra 5-10% in. And that's where, I suppose, the perceived benefit of using a sports psychologist would be able to extract out of it. Extract, you know, like I said, an extra 5-10% out of performance. Like, And also as well, if you see someone like Croach McKernan, as well, I've seen it so many times throughout the last couple of years, even on the 21 level, when he is on fire, Cavan are on fire. Hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So he's key, like, he is key, among other players as well, but he specifically is key. Yeah, it, it's it's something that has become more and more popular in the last number of years, the sports psychology, maybe down yeah. to Jim McGuinness or That's going right. back, Andy McNulty. Yeah. There, there are a number of, of high-profile GA personalities who have got involved <laughs> in that. What made you decide you wanted to get involved in that? <laughs> I've always had an interest in... Um, I suppose the mental, the psychological uh, side of, of of sport, you know, like how how, like like I'd be a big fan of boxing, for example. Like I love boxing, and that's all psychological. Okay, do all the training, but when it comes to close to the time, you see people trying to outwit each other, you know, trying to get under the skin of people, like you know, and how people react to it. Like you know, they completely abandon what is supposed to do over a certain thing might have happened or it might have been said around that kind of stuff like you know so I think <clears throat> it's a hugely interesting and fascinating area do you know what I mean and and it, you know just just yeah just like you know between everything else with golf Gaelic soccer you know Alex Ferguson there with, with Manchester United like how he got under the skin of players yeah. or under the skin of other managers and the reaction to it like do you know what I mean yeah. and the devastating effect it could have one of the best examples would be Kevin, Kevin Keegan. Keegan yeah like you know Kevin that's, like, that's psychology people, at its best people seem to think that, that yeah, Newcastle was on, on home and dry home and dry home and dry and yeah. all of a sudden they completely imploded um, another one is like say Jimmy White like from the, from the snooker 
like wonderful player, you know, <clears throat> and he was six world titles mm. or six world finals. Sorry, he and got never, to, lost every single one. Never won. And one in particular, he was fourteen eight up. I don't know what year it was, but um, he lost ten frames in a row. Just went to pieces, do you know. So like, yeah. I mean, that's that's mental toughness mental or toughness. lack of. Yeah, um, lack of correct, but it's lack of Damien, but not knowing what to do when you're in that situation. Yeah. That's what it is, and that's where you need, you know, someone from a mental skills coach point of view to kind of say, right, this is this, this is your tools and strategy you need to do when you find yourself in this situation. What's your opinion? Obviously, <coughs> sports psychologist, you'd have to look at Conor McGregor and and his behaviour in in MMA. You know, he's obviously. Well, in my opinion would be he's well taught out in what he's doing Yeah. even though sometimes it appears that he's just a ranting lunatic well he is I wouldn't be biggest fan now to be honest I don't know if the man beside me would agree with me that uh, yeah, agree well, with that either Paul Dispatch is just in the studio <laughs> as well so he can weigh in if he, if he feels um, but I, I find the key to McGregor is that he has to fight one before he goes into the octagon, octagon whatever you call it um, yeah. you know he's just out psyching um, his opponent he's belittling him he's a bit like say a uh, bit like Muhammad Ali when he was in his pomp like you know he was just he destroyed him mentally like you know what I mean and, and there's just a shadow of himself when they get in they've just everything they've done in lead up to a fight is completely undermined and out the window and all that and you know before you, before you know it it's all over within a couple it, of rounds is it the fact that they're so loud and they're so obnoxious and probably so intimidating intimidating yeah. that they, the opposition then has so much energy expelled on I'm going to kill this guy yeah they're wasting their energy completely yeah. that's what I'm saying they're wasting energy and after about a couple of rounds say in boxing again or in, in UFC um, they're, they're spent they, they've wasted so much they're just, they're just they're gone and they what's more important is that the the, the guy that's, that's fueling it knows it yeah. and he knows how to exploit it so it's all down to say like how do you deal with that how do you react to that do you know what I mean and I remember like a classic example would be say Chris Eubank fought Steve, Steve Collins. Collins, brilliant, brilliant. Down, down in Middle Street, and yeah. Eubank was raging favourite. Like even though um, I think Collins had a puncher's chance, I think. But what happened was that it was all Eubank. This now, and next thing, Collins started questioning uh, Eubank on his on his on his heritage, like on his on his um, his nationality, saying like you know, I think he was from Senegal or born in Senegal, or whatever. And that enraged Eubank. It absolutely yeah. enraged. And Eubank openly admitted that it took the focus of what he had to do. And placed it on Collins, but he also, also called them by telling them that he that he traumatized and he couldn't feel exactly pain. Quinn yeah. um, Tony Quinn Tony Quinn. And he, you reckon he couldn't feel pain, or whether he could have, or he couldn't. And he yeah. came in. I remember watching that fight. He came in with a hood over and <laughs> and just walking in as if he was possessed, as if he yeah. didn't hear there was a crowd, as if he didn't know anything was going on around him. It it's, was it's, an it's absolute like brilliant in psychology. Tyson Fury did a similar thing. Like I imagine Eddie that that Tyson Fury, because he's so religious. He convinced himself that God or a higher being had laid it out for him that he was going to win this world title, and he convinced himself that he could not be beaten. Yeah. Like I imagine that that uh, that there was no way that that the, the psychological state that Tyson Fury was in was probably the, the dream state for a psychologist to get someone into because yeah. he had this unwavering belief because he he reckoned that it was this supernatural being had put this into yeah. him that he couldn't lose. Like. And it, it was like self-hypnosis nearly. This faith, faith. You see so many successful people that are so religious. But I, I reckon, whether you're religious or not, like it's, it's almost like a self-hypnosis thing. Yeah, but it's also the way he done it, Paul. It's like he completely spooked Klitschko. Mm. Spooked him, like. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And then when Klitschko, about three or four rounds in, thought, I oh, just I can't hit this lad. 
you know, he started to doubt himself. And the yeah. more he started, and that's, that's what Fury, in my opinion, sensed that. He sensed that doubt and knew how to exploit it. And hence, that's why he won. And maybe anticipated it as well. It, it, that's it. It though. is very, very it's interesting. All, another thing as well, just not getting off topic, but like, I mean, imagery and visualisation is huge. Huge, like in it's probably probably the biggest thing in, in sports psychology right now. You know how you play out in game scenarios, how you play out even in Gaelic in Gaelic football, even just going to the ground. You're going on, you're on the bus. Who you're sitting beside, watching my chatting. These are little things. Everything just when you start visualizing stuff and then you're playing out in real time, it just relaxes you and keeps you in focus, keeps you in control of your performance. Paddy O'Shea spoke on the DVD or the TV program when he was manager of Westmead about before he was playing football for Kerry. Before every game, he'd go down onto the beach near Dingle and he'd walk the beach but visualising every jump, every catch, yeah. every kick, the whole way through. And that was back in the 70s. Yeah. He was doing the likes of that. And he said it, it then when he caught a ball, he'd, he'd just be so, he'd feel so calm mm. over the fact, well, I knew I was going to do that. Right. I, I predicted I was going to do that. Yeah. And that, that gave him inner belief the whole way through. And it's yeah. something, it's, it's probably something psychology has been used for a long time without maybe knowing that it was sports psychology. Yeah, well, a classic example as well of that is the All Blacks. Like, the All Blacks, like, they're a great, great team. But in 2003 and 2007, they were raging hot favourites to win the, the World Cup. Mm. And um, so I think it was them years, yeah. And um, they they just imploded. They absolutely imploded. I remember against France, they completely, like, you know, this is the, probably the, one of the greatest teams, whatever. And they, against France, France just ran at them in the last 10, 15 minutes and then just destroyed them. So they hired a mental skills coach and like that, played out in-game in scenarios and it was I think it was a key moment in one of the World Cup in 2011 where the exact same scenario was about to happen again they got themselves in the winning position and then because they knew how to deal with it last time you know or deal with it this time from, from the experience last time they were able to kind of slow they it down it. calm they didn't get emotionally involved they didn't start doing things instinctively they got, just rationalised the whole thing played it out and saw, saw it home and that's, that's why saw the different it. scenario that's you absolutely know. brilliant thanks very much for coming into the McAvoy Super Value podcast Eddie um, we'll, we'll have you back again soon imagine your wedding day with unparalleled service commanding views and mature grounds on one of Ireland's most prestigious family run countryside hotels Crover House Hotel in Cavan offers you a personal service with exceptional attention to detail to ensure your memories last a lifetime all inclusive winter wedding packages available for 2017. To find out more, visit our wedding open day, Sunday, July 24th from 2 to 6 p.m. See CroverHouseHotel.ie for more.